Hello and welcome to this new podcast by Edition VFO. My name is Valerie Hashimoto and today I'm speaking with Chicago-based artist Selena Trapp who created a new work for the exhibition Material Transformation. Selena, your edition is was created especially for our exhibition. Maybe you can start by telling us how the theme of the material transformation inspired you. Yeah, so I thought the idea of a material transformation is a really deep and rich theme. And in relationship to a print, which is an edition, which usually actually doesn't really involve transformation because they're the same, I was thinking about, well, what kind of transformation could it be? And for being somebody who works a lot with animation and with just moving images, I often think about the relationship between the still image and the moving image, but always prioritizing really the moving image. So for example, I would never sell a still from a video that doesn't make sense to me within the context of my work. But in this case, I thought, well, it's actually interesting to think about the still as the main thing that then once it's assembled, becomes something else. And that's something that has like motion and starts saying something else. And really thinking about, does each individual still have the same message as the combined stills or not? And so in this case, I was also thinking about the idea of agency. Like how much agency does a video have that's moving versus a still image that is not moving? And that was the basis of my thinking. The theme itself of having somebody, having an image, a still image that's clearly painterly, end up speaking, was also about the idea of like, how do we actually encounter art? So how does an, how does an art piece speak to us? Or how do we consume art? And what does it mean to be consumed? How consumable is a moving image versus a still image? So these reflections have led you to create a piece which combines both the still image with the print and the moving image with the stop-motion animation. Can you tell us more about the relation between these two elements and also the relation they have to the subject of the edition, which is this woman who is speaking to us? Yes. So in this case, it's actually very much the theme of the print, which is I'm speaking and this idea of agency, like women taking up space. And saying, like, instead of being quiet, I'm speaking, which in itself, I think, is a really strong and difficult act for anybody to take. I'm speaking. The, the prints, in a way, do the same thing. So it, I was thinking about the still image as something, as an image, that if you see one print within the series, it's going to have a real meaning and an emotion in itself. But it won't necessarily be connected to the word I'm speaking. You wouldn't necessarily see that in each of the prints. And so I was really thinking about this idea of, a person, a body being in a space who is still, who's not speaking, who is being projected onto. So thinking about, for example, an idea of like office meeting and there's a lot of people speaking and there might be a woman who is not speaking and people are assuming that she agrees or she doesn't agree, but she might not feel in any way empowered to be able to speak. And so that would be the position where she's being projected onto because ideas are being projected onto her because she's not saying what's going on or she's not able to. And I, in this instance, I would not say that that's true about any situation between print and animation, but in this piece explicitly, 
that is a relationship between the print and the animation as well, where the prints are being projected, are objects to be projected onto, where the viewer can go on there and they can say, look at it and they can have a feeling and a reaction to it that will come from whatever it is that they see in the print, which is already a lot, and what they come with as a viewer, what they're feeling. And when you then go to the video, those prints start coming together and suddenly the print actually says, hey, I'm speaking. And suddenly that projection doesn't quite work anymore in the same way. As a viewer, you then cannot project in the same way and it changes the meaning of the print completely. Well, as initially it might've felt like this print that is like very lovely and kind of fun and free and easy. And I think it has that feel to it. Then when you see the animation, you start understanding like, oh, well the projection and the reality are actually at a big part, they're at a distance and it illustrates that idea. And so I think that to me, I'm actually super happy with that aspect of the piece. I feel like it's a really difficult thing to make something that conceptually works on all levels. So that I feel like it actually works on the formal level of just saying that the relationship between the prints and the video illustrates the concept really well. The video can do it on its own in some ways because it's very clear that it comes from a still image, but not quite as good. I think actually that the tension between the two is where the piece really is. And that's why it's also really important to me that each print is accompanied by a video. This combination of different media is perfectly in line with your general practice. Um, I mean, you work with painting, sculpture, photography, installation, performance. Um, animation plays a big role in your practice. Now, printmaking is something rather new, right? You've only done one project before this current VFO edition. Do you think this is something which will enrich your practice? And do you see any similarities between working with animation and working with printmaking? I mean, there is a similarity of the serialization. So like the, the sort of like the repetition of the image, I am just, I think I just finished, actually. I, I'm going to check today, but I'm almost finished with a hand-drawn animation that I worked on for a year. And so hand-drawn means redrawing every frame, and that's very similar to printmaking in the sense that you're kind of like, working with almost the same images, frame by frame, moving forward. Um, so there's a similarity there. And I also think I was actually really happy about this opportunity because when I did the first run of prints, I realized that there's a real potential with printmaking and animation. That's really interesting because it allows me to keep things almost the same or the same and then changing certain things within the print, which is a really interesting, and then also kind of is an interesting question of like, how do you even deal with an animation in an economic sense? Like, how do you sell an animation? It's a very difficult thing to do. But actually, if there's a logical reason why a print should be attached to an animation, you can sell the print and have the animation come along with it. And those two things can strengthen each other. And that was really what I was thinking about when I did the first print. At the end of it, I was like, mm, there's something there and that would be really good. I was stopped in a way because I didn't have the, the ability to do it myself. Like, I don't have those skills. I am not a printmaker. So I'm really tied to that, needing somebody to do it with me, which then that's not so easy to do. I mean, that's not cheap. So <laughs> this was a really great way to test that out. So I was very specific. I knew that the next time I would do print, I would want to think about it much more in combination of animation. 
Transformation, I have the feeling it's something that is also quite present in your work, also in relation with your particular practice with regard to how you deal with your studio, because since, I don't know, nine years now, you haven't brought any new materials into your studio? Um, 2012, so eight, eight and a half. Mm -hmm. And so how I understood it, you reuse materials over and over again and try to transform them and from your some of the animations you did inside your studio i see that the objects kind of come to life you you use the material and instead of just doing one piece a sculpture or an installation which is then finished it's only it's part of a process and the things are constantly evolving is there a link to this particular studio practice of yours and the use of animation. Oh, for sure. So just to clarify, yeah. So in 2012, I decided that I would no longer bring any materials into my studio to make artwork with. So that means no paint, no brushes, no plaster, no nothing. And so obviously I was at a point then when I had a lot of stuff in my studio. I have to say that. I started with a lot. <laughs> that was the way that it was possible to do it this much. And the reason why I did that where many or why I'm doing it, they change over time, but like there's a lot of reasons for it. But one reason is that I am very concerned about ecology and I'm very interested in economy. So economics and sort of economical systems. So I decided to think of my studio as a closed system and to see what happens if you work within a closed economic system. What can you do and how long can you keep it going? And what does that mean for a practice? <clears throat> and then ecology, obviously, just the questions of ecology, if you don't consume, you are, that's the most ecological thing you can possibly do. There is nothing more ecological than non-consumption. And so those two ideas were the, really the guiding principles. And then about being radical about it too, like really being like kind of like, okay, it seems like a very simple, basic, clear, concise idea that people cannot wrap their head, head around. They're just like, really? Nothing at all? So for example, anybody who comes to my studio leaves something. It's really funny. I have a box of stuff that people will leave for me because they're just like, no, you need something. And when I first started, my work was actually mostly were sort of installations in my studio that I photographed. And then after I was working for a few years, I had this moment and animation was definitely was much more. That was actually really my performance practice, not my studio practice at all. And after a few years, I had a big exhibition coming up and I had almost everything done. But I was always kind of like, mm, one more thing. And then suddenly I was like, oh, this is so interesting. My materials, like the way when I'm working, I have a relationship to my materials that's actually more akin to the relationship of a director with an actor than it is of like a maker with material that you sort of place because they show up in different ways and they have different roles within my pieces. And then I thought, oh, what if they actually had a life? Like what if they were alive if I'm not in my studio and they were just doing their thing? And then I thought, oh, that's the piece I should make a surveillance of my studio. I mean, I should sort of simulate this and basically have everything in my studio come to life through stop motion. So this um, very strict rule of how you proceed within your studio space um, plays an important role in your art practice. What about the printmaking? Because this takes place outside of the studio. How do you deal with that? Yeah, so for me, these are ways to subvert my concept, ultimately. I'm somebody who, like, I'll stick to the rules, but I'm also kind of anti-rule. <laughs> so 
I think the rule of not working with other stuff is super helpful to clarify what I'm trying to do. But then these moments when I can go outside of the studio, so doing this project, I worked with Spunnik Press at Spunnik Press with Spunnik Press's material. So that means also their paints, their colors, and so on. And so suddenly it's just kind of like a holiday from my own very, at this point, pretty minimal amount of materials. And now maybe we could talk about the motive of I'm speaking. So it's inspired by Kamala Harris. Um, and I think it has a lot of similarities to your dirty drawings. Um, maybe you can tell us about your dirty drawings. Okay, yeah, I'll tell you about both. There was a moment in, I don't know how, that, how much that in Europe was a thing, but in the United States, During the vice presidential debate, there was this really big, crucial moment when Kamala Harris told Vice President Pence, I'm speaking. And it was this kind of moment that I think every woman recognized who saw this, of just saying, like, hey, I'm speaking. You need to, like, listen up. Don't talk over me. And I, I just know, I mean, for myself, it was I definitely recognized this, but I also know that that was sort of like the next day in the press and so on. It just became this kind of key phrase of having a woman vice president who's totally telling off this white guy. I think as an artist, I also have a responsibility to think about these things clearly and to think about what am I representing and why and how does this affect things. And so one thing that I see really lacking is representation of women that are not playing towards a male gaze, ultimately. And so I would say playing towards a male gaze obviously would be like a very sexualized woman, but it's also a woman who kind of like takes the power the symbols of power from men. So a woman in a power suit is also playing towards a male gaze. And really kind of thinking about this idea of like, well, what does it mean to be a woman without the male gaze? What would that mean and what would that look like? So does this woman smile at the picture? Does this not? Does this woman not smile at the picture? Does this woman have to look very male to not feel somehow objectified? What does this mean? And so in the series, Dirty Drawings, as well as in this series, the way that I very specifically was like, no, I'm going to show you a woman who is very femme, like sort of not, not at all trying to not be female, but also not at all trying to be sexy. Like she's beautiful in her own way and she's there and she's present and she's not smiling at you for acknowledgement. She's kind of like, she's looking at you and you're looking back at her and she's just in this space. And Dirty Drawings is the same thing. It's a series of drawings that are all... Not, they're mostly females. I mean, I pretty much only draw females. Also, just interests me more. But they're always somewhat undefinable in the sense that they're, you can't really tell what they are racially. They're not so defined racially. They're not really defined in regards to what they're wearing. And they just kind of are. They emote more than they evoke, I would say. And I find that in the art world... The other thing about dirty drawings is they're called dirty drawings because they literally are dirty, but it's also a joke a little bit in the sense that I've been in the art world long enough that I know sex totally sells. This is just true. I know it for myself. If I ever have anything that's kind of sexy, it sells. So, and sex specifically, like if people just feel a little titillated, that's a little good. And I just find that super problematic because I think, again, it plays into those same ideas of, you have to, in essence, there has to be this other kind of titillation that happens that is about ownership of sexuality when you buy the piece that is problematic for me. And so I don't want to participate in that, but I want to be able to sell. So I realized, I was like, oh, if I make drawings that are actually really dirty, 
like physically dirty because I walk around on them. So these this this body of work is made by putting old drawings on the floor and walking on them while I animate. And then, so then they're super filthy and then I start drawing on them. So I was like, well, if they're actually dirty and it's in the title, that's actually going to be enough titillation for them to sell, which is totally true. They sell. Okay. Well, that was a very interesting insight into your work. Thank you, Selena, for your time. Thank you, everybody, for listening. You'll find more information about the exhibition Material Transformation on the website of Edition VFO. Stay tuned for further podcasts, which we'll be doing with other artists participating in this current exhibition.